What's up, survivors? Welcome to D180, the horror podcast taking you on a ride. Staying in line with our theme, Love is in the Scare, we're talking 1981's Bloody Valentine. Johnny. Yes. Okay, so both of us have established we haven't seen this movie, right? Yeah, this is my first time watching it. And um, like I just said, it's 1981. What did you think about this movie? Before we even like go into anything, like, did you have any expectations? Had you ever I heard totally, of it before I picked it? Yes. So I have heard of My Buddy Valentine, but I wasn't familiar with the 1981 version. Right. I was more so familiar with the remake. Same. Just by title alone, not necessarily the movie by itself. Same. Um, but I thought the movie was hilarious. Yeah. I was dying. <laughs> it's just certain things that I'm like, okay, now first of all, I realized that this was a Canadian film, so that kind of made sense for some things there. But other things, I don't know, a lot of the situations in this movie, as I was watching it at first, I was like, what? And then yeah, when it got to it thing. and you think about it, you're like, wait a minute, this is kind of funny. So I see why people liked it. Um, well, I guess I'll get to that part later. Uh, let's just go ahead and get to the show. Obviously, I picked this movie, so I will be your host today. And I found this movie, I always known this movie by the cover. Like John Day said, I'm more familiar with the 2009 version. We were like, what, 16, 17 when that came out? I think we were both 16 when that came out. But Yeah, it was 09, I think. Was yeah, that mm-hmm, 2009. So, you know, we hadn't turned 17 yet. But this movie came out, obviously, as Valentine's Day. Well, I'm talking about the 2009 version. And, you know, um, people, obviously, when it comes to remakes, people always bring up the older version. I had never seen it, not even then. I don't think I was too bothered with the original versions of remakes, unless I've seen them already, like, you know, like Halloween, Nightmare on Elm Street, Chucky, those original staple ones, you know what I'm saying? But uh, yeah, for a first watch, I'm just ready to go ahead and get to it. So this was directed by George Malika, produced by John Dunning, screenplay by John Baird, Music by Paul Zaza, and it was in production with Canadian Film Development Corporation and Secret Film Company. The main cast is Paul Kelman as TJ, Lori Hallier as Sarah, Neil Affleck as Axel. So he's been in this movie called Scanners. I don't know if you've seen that one. It's like an 80s movie, I believe. Um, it sounds like an 80s movie. Yeah, it is. It's um, David Cronenberg. It's like body horror. Like it's a, I like it. I liked it. It's kind of weird i think you would dig it hmm, i don't know i have to bite my tongue when i say that but anyway he's also <laughs> done <laughs> he's also done voice work on the simpson and like a whole bunch of other shows but he produces stuff now like he has a lot of credits to his name and then uh we have keith knight as hollis i liked hollis which one was Holly? Girl, it is so many people in this movie. And that's why I stopped the main cast right there. I know with some more people, like Chief Newbie is played by Don Franks, who I know has like an extensive career. But girl, it's so many people in this movie that I really had to pause to like, wait, do I know this person? Like, who's this? Because it's random people that get murked in this movie too. Yeah, and the good thing about when you watch it on Prime is when you pause it, it shows you the characters that are in the scene. Yes, no, it was a lifesaver. Because I actually 
the first time I watched this, and I wanted to ask you this before we started, but I figure I would ask you now. Do you know what version you watched? I want to say that it wasn't the gory version. So, yeah, check this out. When I first watched it, I watched the original version. So apparently there are two versions. About six minutes was cut out of this film. And I want to say majority of it was obviously the kill scenes. And they said a small percentage of it was just like extra exposition and scenes between the characters. So I saw the same version, like you said, um, it didn't have any gore on it. And I can't remember if I watched it through Prime. It had to be because I do remember, like you said, like pausing and trying to see like who this was, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, wait a minute. No, no, no. This can't be the movie everybody is talking about is like this crazy gory da, da, da. i'm like no this was what is this and i stopped because yeah, it wasn't any gore yeah so i stopped me at way through the movie and i went to this other service that i use and i found it on there and i found the unrated cut now the unrated cut came out when the 09 version came out so um i can't call the factory right now i want to say a screen factory came out with the release on the collector's edition and re-edited in all of those scenes that were cut out so check this out those people in 1981 missed out on all of that like and i missed out on it because i didn't see that version i'm so and i kind of figured something was wrong with it because i'm just gonna give a spoiler spoiler alert <laughs> there was one kill scene that I was confused about. And that was the one where they were in the shower. Mm-hmm. Because I was like, so they not gonna show her body? Yeah. And then I was like, so they made her a shower head? Mm-hmm. But so- the thing was, I didn't I didn't see her face. So I was I had to assume that and they, they made show her it. As a shower head. And they definitely show it. I'm so happy I realized because I was like since we're still in spoiler territory, I got see, now, to... Now I feel like I'm not going to give a fair rating because I really didn't see the true movie. Girl, and that's why I was like, I should have told you earlier. I feel so bad. Well, I'll try to like, I'll try to make it as vivid as possible as I can. And it's okay because maybe maybe somebody needs to hear that. Maybe somebody does need to hear it from the perspective of somebody that didn't see that version because I can understand how somebody would be like, yeah, this movie isn't all that like the movie needed that gore like i feel so bad for those people who came out in 1981 seen this movie and just saw what they saw that plain dry unseasoned version i am so sorry (laughs) i'm so sorry (laughs) i mean beyond that this was taped in the sydney mines of nova scotia i don't know why i love saying that when i was younger i used to say scotia but then once i learned it was scotia I just got to say it like that. But anyway, um, it started filming around 1980. They wanted to film there because it was an authentic mine. Like, it's an actual mine. And it goes about to, what, 900 feet in the ground? Like, that's scary. So the people in Nova Scotia were so happy that the people were coming to film. It was like, this is going to be good for our economy, blah, blah, blah. They cleaned up the mine. Like, they said, the producers and directors said it looked like Disneyland in that bitch. Like, they said it looked crazy up in there. They wanted it because it was dirty. So they had to spend, like, all this money. I want to say, um, mm, 
an extra 30000 to dirty it back up, something like that. It might have been more than that, wow. but I know they spent some money. Like, I know they was looking like, I know we appreciate that. Like, that's cool, but we really just didn't want y'all to touch anything at all. That's crazy. And then um, one more thing before we uh, make our way to this queue line. This film was supposed to be called The Secret. And I like when I find out that films have like alternate names because I'm like, what was the secret? When you think about what's the secret? Well, uh, well, I guess the secret was the the reason why well, 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 yeah 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 clever smartly played this is why you're here I like your wordplay <laughs> <laughs> they changed it to my bloody Valentine because you know this was 1981 and this was falling into the trend of the holiday horrors as I'm a claim it so you know we had black christmas that came out in 1974 i don't know if you've seen up jimmy to see that you would really like that one you wouldn't you would quote so much from that movie that's how much you would like that movie anyway Listen, i have quotes from this i have quotes from this movie because <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna be another silent night deadly night and i gotta i gotta bring up something about that okay oh okay come on come on let's get through this <laughs> halloween 1978 and Friday the 13th. So, you know, it's all these holiday horrors or like Terra Train, you know, that's around New Year, prom night, prom night, all that, yada, yada, yada. So they was and it's so funny because Terra Train came up, um, Terra Train came up as what to watch next. As yeah. As from this movie. Exactly. Like just everything. It is crazy because um, I guess it just depends on, you know how, I think, I don't know if we were on the record or not, me and you had a conversation about what era of horror we liked the most. And I think me and you both said it's like a toss-up between the um, early aughts and 90s movies. Yeah. And I just think it's just because that's what we grew up with. Like, 80s movies are cool to us. And obviously, um, you know, some of them we've seen, some of them we haven't seen. And through this podcast, we're discovering new decades. We had a lot of different things going on in horror. We did. And I yeah. can't wait until we do whatever month that is when we do House of Wax. I'm excited. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> Springle and the remake. That's oh, our, yeah. Um, yeah. We got um a few of our themes lined up, but we'll still take suggestions from some of you guys. But, you know, we do that at the end of the show. So, Johnny gave you a little tease. So, if you want to put in some suggestions for Springle and the remake in April, then uh, you can go ahead and do that. But, anyway, one last thing. I know I said one more, but I found another thing in my notes. They tried to pull a Valentine with this movie, too, as in they tried to keep the killer's identity a secret. But how they did it this time was they tried to keep it a secret from the cast up until they shot that last shot. Wait, they kept the killer a secret from the cast? The cast the entire time. And I think that's kind of cool. Like they said, they wanted to do that so they can make it like ambiguous. So like the actors would really not even know like who the killer is. So their reactions to everything is real. Oh, wow. That's actually kind of cool. Yeah. And then when you think about it, the outfit of the killer is pretty cool too, because this is like an outfit that they actually wear to work. So it's nothing like, okay, it would be weird at night I'm walking home and I got something to say about that scene anyway um it would be weird if I'm walking alone at night and I see that up the street and I'm just like um okay uh it's 10 o'clock at night my guy why do you have your mask on take it off but anyway I'm ready to talk about this but we have to go to the queue line first are you ready to dip out 
Yeah, I'm ready. Howdy, survivors. Please keep your tips and limbs inside the vehicle and remain seated at all times. Hang on to your personal belongings, especially your minds and spines. Because this here's a wild ride. So, we have a quiz in the queue line for you today. Okay, okay, okay. I went over to my friends at Us Bay Eat Fay and found this little quiz. And I remember, if I recall correctly, last week you went on a full tangent about a certain candy that you hate. You oh, bro- chocolate? You broke up with somebody because they got you chocolates on Valentine's Day. So I found a quiz <laughs> that says, which Valentine's Day candy must go? Because I just want to know, like, what, what, what is your taste in candy? And obviously, people at home, y'all can play with us, too. I mean, I'm going to play with Johnny. So this is kind of like for both of us. But you ready? I'm ready. Okay. That reminds me of SpongeBob. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm sorry. (laughs) Okay. Conversation hearts or juju cherry hearts? What are juju cherry hearts? Um, kind of like okay. You ever been to like Whole Foods or Trader Joe's and they be having them like red candies in the bag or like in a little tube and you can put them in a bag, have as many you want. Like oh okay so i had it i just had to google it i have never had those yeah it's like if you might have had that type of candy it's not a mike and ike but it's almost like a mike and ike almost like a you ever had jujubes or um nope any of them little dots nope okay that's what it's similar to for anybody okay. else that doesn't so, know what that is does it have to be sweethearts like, could it be, like, the sweet tart version? Um, I don't know, because... Just, know the chalky ones. It's the chalky ones that you get in kindergarten. <laughs> I know! <laughs> I want to go... So, I'm pretty sure that the red little hearts are nasty, too. But I'm just going to go with that, because I've never had them. Actually, they're... they're not quite bad. You would think that they would probably have that like bitter sin, that bitter sin, that bitter medicine taste, but they actually don't. They're actually kind of cool. Yeah, I've never had them, but I'm gonna go with them because those chalk hearts. Oh my god! So, um, survey says that 44 percent of people chose conversation hearts, while 56 chose the juju cherry hearts. So, yeah, because them chalk hearts are disgusting. They are, and everybody, it's like that's the last one you eat. In your little Valentine's candy bag. That's, no, I don't eat them candy. at all. Mm-mm. I would take out the ones that had like the little cute sayings on it mm-hmm. and I'll keep them, but I wouldn't eat them. And what then I'll, if I like the cute, bo- oh, I'll keep it. Or if I like <laughs> the cute boy, I'll give them to the cute boy. Mm-mm. Okay, this one you're going to have a hard time with. Reese's peanut butter hearts or, Hers- uh, or Hershey's milk and chocolate hearts or milk chocolate hearts. I do milk chocolate because I don't like peanut butter. I never knew that. Yeah, I don't like peanut butter. <laughs> I did not know that. Next one is sweet tarts, pink and purple heart gummies, or pink and white marshmallow hearts. Sweet tarts all the way. Okay? Yeah, I was about to say, Johnny, if you pick marshmallow <laughs> hearts, I might have to. The only time that I eat, girl, that got forty three percent compared to fifty seven percent. Are y'all crazy? 
Ew. The only time I eat marshmallows is when um, it's in, like, hot chocolate. Either that or if it's in a s'more or my hot chocolate. But see, the only thing about me eating s'mores is, like, I don't like how the marshmallows melt. I'm weird. It's a texture thing. Yeah. I like, I can that. deal with it in hot chocolate because in hot chocolate, it's like they shrink mm-hmm. more so than melt. Whereas right. in a s'more, it's all melty and gooey. It's kind of weird. I like them. Now, the crazy thing about it is like that I like s'mores flavored things, but I don't like s- actual s'mores. <laughs> Next time I'm at the bottom of a box of oatmeal bars and it's that s'more flavor, I'll just pass them on. <laughs> exactly. And yeah. those would be the only, listen, those are the only box that I would get. I would specifically get the s'mores box. I wouldn't get the variety pack. I would make sure my mom got the s'mores box. Don't get me variety. You probably never had to worry because I know that's a flavor that's always <laughs> in stock. Like, you never have. The that next was my one. favorite. The next one is Valentine's Nerds Rope or Valentine's Heart Pops. Like the ones that they would give you like at the dentist or the doctor's office that's wrapped in that little plastic. The Heart Pops. For real? And I love nerds, but I don't like nerds rope. What? I thought that was the smartest thing they did. They have these little, um, and they didn't do nothing but cut it into pieces. Like, it's really nothing innovative. But they have them in little bites now. It's kind of. Yeah, I've seen that. It's like, I take my time when I eat them. Maybe that's why it takes me a minute. So the next one is chocolate rose. And it's like the one that was always on your mama's dresser and you always asked her, can you have it? And she always said no for some reason, but she never freaking ate it. So it just always made you mad that it just sat there. <laughs> Those are for decoration. And since no. you <laughs> stop playing with me. Like, no, <laughs> then put that up somewhere. Like, Girl, sis had that on her dresser for like years. And I know y'all out there, especially, especially if you black, y'all laughing because you know exactly what I'm talking about. Or <laughs> a heart-shaped box of chocolates. Which is um, fitting for today. I'ma go with the rose because I'm not gonna eat it and it'll just sit on my dresser. See? Okay. <laughs> you just wanted to trigger me. I right. Peach marshmallow hearts or red gummy lips candy. You said what marshmallow hearts? Peach. Oh, ugh. I'm gonna go with the the lips. <laughs> yeah, I don't know anybody that actually eats peeps. That's probably why that store closed down at the harbor. But that's the end of the quiz. It's just like a would you rather. And then I realized that we were supposed to be voting which one that we don't want to eat. But I mean, it's fine. Who cares? There's no rules here in this park. But anyway, um, I'm ready to talk about this ride. I'm ready to take this. So come on. Let's go ahead. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. It's a bad time, this time of year. How many times is he gonna tell this story? I'll let him tell it. I love fairy tales. This ain't no fairy tale, little girl. If you don't take it seriously, you're a fool! (laughs) The first Valentine's dance in 20 years has to be something special. 
hurt. You gotta get a lot of exercise if you're gonna grapple with Gretchen. Oh, yeah? Well, I got a valentine for her that she's never gonna forget. <laughs> right to the heart, huh? In this town on Valentine's Day, everybody loses their heart. Roses are red, violets are blue. One is dead, and so are you. Looks like Harry Warden's back in town. It happened once. It happened twice. Cancel the dancer, it'll happen for twice. In the town of Valentine Bluffs, there are many ways to die. Take your pick. My bloody Valentine. So this trailer is awesome. I like it. Which one is it? I don't know if there are different ones. I've seen the Screen Factory one. I it like sounds it. the same. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds the same. The one I watched, obviously, it just starts as dark, hella smoke. Harvey Warden, or, you know, at this point, okay, I guess time out. Guys, oh, okay, let me put my customer service on. <clears throat> now that we are entering the ride, we are entering into spoiler territory. Please be warned that if you have not seen this movie, we will be fucking this shit up for you. <laughs> have a good day. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, so anyway, in the beginning of the trailer is Smoke and um, Harvey Warden or whoever you want to say it is, is in the beginning. That's the one I saw. And then it just has like all the clips of everybody getting their shit fucked up and all other types of stuff happening. And I like it. It just looks like, what is this movie? And I like trailers that make me think that like, what the fuck did I just watch? I need to see this. What is happening? Yeah. So the trailer actually for me, I think it gave away a lot, but not really, but it did. I do have to say me seeing the, and you haven't seen the remake, right? No, I haven't seen the remake. So me seeing the remake, and I'm not going to spoil it or anything, but me seeing the remake did have an impression on my viewing of this movie. Because, dang, how can I say this without like saying it? I guess we're going to have to wait. Um, Yeah, we just gonna have to wait for me to say that. But I will definitely say watching that one first and you know nothing about this one definitely impacts the way you watch this one. And it actually is a positive thing. But um, I don't know. This trailer didn't uh, do too much. I mean, when I say it didn't do too much, I mean, like, how picky I am with trailers. This one is a decent one for me. You're cute. So we start off with two people walking through a coal mine and they've been strolling in this thing. They are climbing through little holes and stuff. They are deep in the mine, okay? Mm-hmm. So they stop and look around or whatever. I like that the one that's closer to the camera 
he looks into the camera, like his um, light flashes and blinds the entire screen, but it's not like super obvious. It's not like they hold it. It's just literally like him looking. So anyway, while he's doing that, he's covering up the person behind him, which we actually find out is a woman that has no shirt on and has a shitty titty tat. Who? So the beginning of this movie threw me off completely. Really? Completely threw me off. Yes, because I was like, is this another soft porn? Girl, the 80s, and that's what I'm talking about. And But see, the crazy thing is there are no boobs. Like, that's the closest thing you get to boobs in this movie. Because I was like, this is, this is weird. Because, okay, so check this out. So what she's talking about is, first of all, first of all, you walk that far to do what y'all about to do. Y'all had to go this far down in the mine for that. And I also have a point to point out later. But anyway, she tries, they like, she's unveiled herself. So, you know, they about to get down or whatever. And she's trying to take off his mask or whatever. But he literally says no. First of all, the music. And this is what I want to shout out to Paul Zaza because he does a really good job of mixing the music to the killer's breathing. And it's kind of weird because it's like, you don't know. It's almost like Halloween in a way when um, Michael Myers is breathing. Sometimes you don't know if it's the music or if it's him, but you realize it's actually him breathing. So he says no. And she starts stroking. He has like the miner's mask on, which has like, it's a gas mask. So it has like a nozzle. And she starts stroking the nozzle, but it's like we we're looking at this for a smooth minute. Like this is this. And I'm looking, mind you, you should see. There should be a a camera while I was watching this because I was looking (laughs) at the screen in confusion. Like, what is this? (laughs) It looks like they're about to, you know, get on with it, and he slightly lifts her up and forces her back. I missed the part earlier. He before they start, he takes his pickaxe. And at this point, he's lodged it into the wall to, like, hold it. He lifts her up off of the wall and pierces her. And you can start to see the axe, like, piercing through her little shitty titty tat. And it just goes through her body. She starts screaming and cut to the title card, which reminded me so much of Silent Night, Deadly Night. And I was like, oh, shit. We are in for a <laughs> ride. Like, I already knew off that title card. I was like, oh, yeah, come on. Like, bring it. So it's Thursday, February 12th, and a gang of workers are ending their shift. They're in a mine. So it's a lot of people in this movie, y'all. So I tried my hardest to keep up with everybody. All right. So we have TJ, Axel, Hollis, and John, and we'll get to learn them in a second. So they're talking about some bullshit. They make a point saying that they left this guy named Howard and the other princesses down in the cave because they need to learn how to figure their way around the mine and get on their own. Who is it? Axel says something about, you know, I wouldn't go lighting any matches. So remember I said all that. All right. So we cut to a shower scene. Howard is walking in and everybody lets you know that this is Howard. Everybody's like, Howard, Howard, Howard. (laughs) I'm like, okay, I, I think we know that this is Howard, guys. Anyway, um, before that, ma'am, this whole shower scene, before the dialogue spent me, like, if any of you have seen Carrie, this is literally the male equivalent, except there's no nudity, and it's such a missed opportunity. If I have to always see boobs in my own body parts in movies, why we can't get it the other way? I'm just saying, like, it was already a shower scene. You might as well have just went for it. <laughs> 
Yeah, and it was a weird shower scene too, but keep going. <laughs> so the guys are all in the shower and they're like teasing each other about um, them dating other girls. Like some of the guys are teasing Howard about having stamina for Gretchen. And very early, Howard is already setting himself up to be the killer because he's saying just such shit. Like he's saying stuff like, I'm going to give her a Valentine she won't forget. And then somebody is like, yeah, right through the heart. I'm like, what? Wait a minute, whoa. So other than that, they just keep joking, teasing, messing around. They talking about Saturday's Valentine's Day dance. And it gets awkward when John, I believe, teases TJ talking about how Sarah is dating Axel now. So it's a whole little love triangle throughout this whole movie. And child, let me tell you something. If this ain't the dumbest shit, like this should have been a reality TV show storyline because some of this is out of pocket. The guys leave for a bar, and what was this banjo music? <laughs> it fit the town. It, it really did, but you know what I noticed? <laughs> you know a lot of movies around this time do that. They have like some scene where it's like a quickly sped up montage, and it's just this random banjo music. Like I never realized how many movies actually do that. But anyway, they're driving through the town, and this is where we get to see, you know, as I mentioned earlier, this is Nova Scotia, and we get to actually see the area. And it looks like, I grew up in Gary, Indiana, so if you guys don't know, it's a huge steel mill there. And it looks like a small town like that. And what it makes me think of is a point I want to bring up later. When you um, grow up in a small town, that life is kind of like a cycle. Everybody kind of grows up to do the same thing. But I'll talk a little more about it later. Anyway, they drive into Valentine Bluffs with a population of 3,735. Like, it's a freaking parade. They are, like, swerving through the streets. Like, it's not other cars coming. I mean, it wasn't, but still. Anyway, they pull up on their girlfriends who are setting up for the town's Valentine's Day party, and we meet some more people. So here we go. Sarah, who I said was in a love triangle with TJ and Axel. Patty, who's dating Hollis. Sylvia, who is dating John, who actually, and I want to point this out, when John goes to greet Sylvia, he like lifts her up by the head. And I point this out for a reason. So hold on to that too, as well, something as, as I said earlier. And then we got Gretchen, who Howard is trying to take out, but she's not trying to go for any of his shit. So Axel and Sarah, they're talking and you can tell Sarah's like looking at TJ side eyeing him and stuff and he catches her and he's like, you know, is there anything I need to know? She just plays it off. She's like, no, whatever. We cut to a scene of Mabel and the mayor. They're walking through the town and this is where we can really see like the town is called Valentine's Bluff, right? they are serious about valentine's day like this whole city is painted in yeah like <laughs> that's a little much for me but that seems like a whole small town thing yeah like, for some does. reason small towns just do the most mm-hmm. in every single tv show that we watch yeah it's i mean it's cute but it's just like who's gonna take this all down <laughs> like that's a lot like I mean like Christmas and Halloween especially Halloween that's different but like these other random holidays Thanksgiving like who is putting up cornucopias in whatever the heck I don't even know what you use to decorate for that 
I was about to go on a tangent. Anyway, um, they're walking through the town and the mayor is, you know, congratulating Miss Mabel on the town's decor because it's so beautiful. But he also has to bring up that, you know, this is the first party, Valentine's Day party that they've had in 20 years. And he also points out, you know, we need to keep this hush. So when this party happens, let's just act like we ain't on 10. Let's just keep it on low. They're walking up to the building and Howard's ass damn near gives this lady a heart attack. What is wrong with him? <laughs> oh, wait. So I don't know if I'm, I don't know if this was after this or before this, but I think someone says to Howard, suck it in and zip it up. <laughs> what? Like when they were all coming in and they were introducing, like they were all greeting the girlfriends and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. I did hear that. <laughs> <laughs> suck it in and zip it up i was like oh my god because remember somebody was running out of the mine with with their pants open yeah yeah um i think it was hollis <laughs> that's why i was like that whole scene was just like and he was really first of all i'm like you're not even helping him pull his pants up y'all just standing there like what are y'all even doing anyway mabel and the mayor they you know they come in the hall they like you know talking to the kids or whatever. And this is where we find out that TJ is the mayor's son. And he gets an attitude, basically his backstory, TJ's backstory is he bounced out. And this is what I wanted to bring up earlier. When you live in a small town or it ain't even gotta be a small town, everybody gets that bug where you know, oh yeah, I guess it would apply to more small towns in this case. It looks like they live in a cycle where we grow up, the men are going to work at this mine, and that's what it is if you live here. And apparently TJ ain't want to do that. He wanted to live on the West Coast. And I think they said like he wanted to be an actor or something like that. But he, you know, it didn't go too well. So he's back at home and he don't want to be there. He ain't trying to work at the mine all his life. And he bitter about it. The mayor, his daddy, he don't care. He was like, all right, well, he'll get over it. Him and the chief, they bounce out. And so does Miss Mabel. Because remember when Howard scared her, he like got all of that prop blood on her little Valentine's Day pillows that she was going to use to decorate. Howard noticing a box of chocolates left for um, Chief Newbie. No, this is for the mayor. He rushes out to bring them to the mayor. And once again, Howard is making himself some sus because first of all, he has like fake blood dripping all over his face. And when he gives the box to the mayor, he's like, you know, maybe somebody's your Valentine. You might have a secret admirer. And I guess, you know, as I said earlier, we didn't know who the killer was. They didn't know who the killer was. So I guess maybe Howard figured he needed to be pre-Matthew Lillard and act suspicious. I almost couldn't get Matthew Lillard's name out, but I had to just keep rolling with it. Sometimes you just got to hold your breath and talk <laughs> before you start picking it up. Um... Nobody claims to be the sender of the box, so they just all go their separate ways. And while the chief and the mayor are writing, you know, he's talking about Valentine's Day is his favorite candy, which he is definitely wrong. It's all about Halloween candy. And he's about to offer the chief some candy. Can you imagine if the chief actually, like, took the box, what would have happened? We would have had a whole different movie. Like, that would have been a car accident. Yeah, that's nasty. <laughs> So what we mean is um, the chief actually stops him when he's offered. He was like, hey, you got a note in the box. And he picks it up and the mayor reads, 
From the heart comes a warning filled with bloody good cheer. Remember what happens as the 14th draws near. Jonday. I love these rhymes. I love these rhymes. Not only do I like the rhymes, I like the mayor's reaction to everything. He said, oh, not again. Oh, not again. (laughs) (laughs) Like, girl, like, first of all, first of all, I just want to know, if I had have seen this movie before, I would have saved this movie and made, like, a dramatic acting theme or something because his acting through this entire movie had me in stitches, like, I was shocked. I'm like, okay, now I do understand it was a whole human heart in a box and I probably would have reacted like that too. But something about his reaction just spent me. But they immediately bust a U-turn and head back towards the town. At the cage, which is like the town bar, Axel and Hollis are playing that little nice stabby game. You know what? Is that, does it have a name? You said what kind of thing? That little nice stabby thing with the fingers. Like you spread your oh. fingers out. Yeah, I was like mice. <laughs> I said mice. <laughs> no, um, I don't know if that has a name, but when I saw them doing that, I was like, men are stupid. First of all, what possesses you people that can do that? And if somebody can do this, please reach out to us because I'm just curious. How did you even find out you had the accuracy for this? And I'm left-handed. Mm. I'm left-handed, so that that's it for me. How? The bartender, Happy, is warning the patrons of the town curse because, you know, the 14th is coming up. You got to do all this stuff. He's our resident Harbinger character. If you don't know what our Harbinger is, we said it some episodes back. I don't know which one it was, but we explained it in full detail there. So with him being the Harbinger, you already know people are going to treat him a certain way and write him off just as he is. As he's going to tell his story, Axel ends up stabbing himself and... (laughs) (laughs) it's so funny knowing what we know now i caught this on the second watch axel flips happy the bird right and happy says to axel you know what i'm talking about and that's so smart because at the end of the day he really did know what he was talking about like that's crazy so the flashback to what happens is um this dance had been a tradition for years So 20 years ago, that same night, obviously, there were seven miners that were still out at the Hanager mine. Two of those miners were superiors and they were up top and they were supposed to be waiting for the five guys at the bottom. But they was trying to bounce out to this party. Obviously, it's the town annual party. They trying to be lit. So they left. When they left, they didn't check the methane levels and it blew up, resulting in the five miners being buried alive besides one of them. So Happy actually was the one that found Harvey Warden, who was still alive. Apparently, they'd been down there for six weeks. And the way that Harvey had been surviving was off eating the other miners, so resorting to cannibalism, and had literally lost his shit at that point. So he goes to spend a year at the mental facility. Then he came back the next Valentine's Day, just killing the two superiors that left him down there, as he should took their hearts out of their bodies, placed them in the little heart-shaped boxes and left them at the dance, blood dripping everywhere. And with a note saying, cancel all that shit, no more Valentine's Day parties, or I'm coming back for more, period. I love him. And that's how you clear a bitch, okay? (laughs) Is that all right? See if you do it again. (laughs) 
So, of course, we flash back to the present day in the movie. And, of course, I kind of do like the way they, uh, they, mm, I guess Howard's timing was cool. But Howard, it was like, for a second, I was like, he's too goofy to be the killer. But if it is him, I hope he dies. Because, child, you is annoying. But, pause. Can we talk about Harriet? Do you remember Harriet? Which one was Harriet? So Harriet is the waitress that they made the song up about her virginity. Oh. Girl, I was like, are you guys, what? And I just, I'm like, this did not age well. Not this part at all. And I'm not even, Johnny and I aren't even those people that are just like every single thing that we're just like, me, 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 me. But this one? This one was something else. Like, I'm not going to verbatim repeat it, but they're literally taunting this waitress because she's a virgin. Men. And it's just like, anyway. Sarah dismisses herself, and Axel was, like, questioning her and stuff, like, where are you going, da, da, da. She makes an excuse about going over to the jukebox, but she's actually trying to talk to TJ, and I'm like, sis, we can see you. Like, the, the club ain't that big. It's not even a club. It's a bar. It's not that big. We can see you talking to TJ. <laughs> so, anyway, she's trying to quietly, like, argue with him, talking about it's your fault because you left, so you got to accept the way things are now. But TJ ain't trying to go for that. He's trying to get his girl back. So, you know, he got to be a man and walk off like he don't care or whatever. Meanwhile, Chief is talking to admin, but can't get through to them till like, the next day or so. They're trying to find Harvey, and, you know, for some reason, they thinking this might be a joke, and even the mayor calls out Howard, so at this point, I'm like, damn, why everybody on Howard head? Like, is this movie even about him? I feel like we hearing more about him than anybody else at this point. Anyway, the medical Howard's examiner, the yeah, it's like, yeah, he is, but I'm just like, sheesh. <laughs> I do like that we didn't spend a lot of time on the relationship between the mayor and TJ because it is like a strained relationship, but it shows you that, yeah, they not even, they barely fuck with each other. That's his whole day. The medical examiner comes in claiming that obviously this is the woman's heart from the very beginning of the movie. And basically his scene just provides a lot of exposition for us just in case y'all wasn't listening the first half of the movie. Harry was locked up in Eastfield 20 years ago, and he's back for a little razzle-dazzle. And by razzle-dazzle, this is what I mean. Spying on Miss Mabel, the warden, as I'll call him, whatever. I call him like three different things through this whole thing. It's fine. (laughs) The warden leaves a box of chocolates and backs around the corner. So Mabel comes back to it, and she's thinking maybe, you know, Jake left it, which I don't know who Jake is. I assume like maybe that was the mayor or the chief. Actually, I think it's Chief Newbie. Yeah, I think it's Chief Newbie. So she reads the um, note and it says, roses are red, violets are blue, one of them is dead, and so are you. And first I of all- love these notes. First of all, let's talk about Sis Face because she went from 100 to negative 50 in five seconds. Not even five seconds, point one second. Like her whole mood, she said, whoa, wait a minute, what? She is immediately attacked and killed off screen. And I felt so bad because, first of all, this was her um, laundry mat that she owned. I don't think I mentioned that she owned this little laundry mat. 
and it was just so decorated so nicely. I felt so bad. Yeah. Like, what did she even do? Hosted the party. Yeah. Oh, you're right. You're right. She was the host of the Dang. Not Miss Mabel. Out at the junkyard, Howard, Hollis, and John are heating up meat on a radiator. That's anyway. Okay. It looks like, to, uh, to from our point of view, it looks like somebody's watching them. So we're getting this music right. And once again, Paul Zaza, as the music goes on, we hear in harmonica. So it's like, I don't know if this is supposed to be the killer's music cue or what's happening, but the tension in the scene is rising up. But we eventually circle to Axel, who is spooked by TJ with a bottle offering him a drink. I just, okay. We told y'all this is a love triangle, right? So apparently, TJ brought alcohol to Axel for them to talk about their problems, about how they both like the same girl. And it's literally the most mellow conversation ever. The acting between them later on in the movie. (laughs) It's just like... Their interactions are weird. Yeah, and even in this scene, because it's like, okay, like I said, they're arguing over a girl, but they both want to be friends. Okay, you know, obviously you can't have both. So it's just like, because even once they argue, Hollis comes over and it's like defending Axel and he's like, you know, you guys got to make up. And I don't know if it's just because this is a small town and they're working in his mind. So they're always going to be together. Like, why do we have to make up? Like, why? But TJ even says, he's like, yeah, I really do like Axel. Like, da, 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 da. I'm like, well, what? Okay. All right. Next day is Friday, February 13th. And Miss Raleigh down at the admin office is telling Chief Newby that there aren't any records on Harry uh, Warden, excuse me. So in 20 things, in 20 things, in 20 years, excuse me, three things could have happened. Harry could have transferred, been released, or deceased, and that's just it. And at this point, the chief and the mayor are freaking out because they're just like, okay, we got a dead body. We don't know what's going on, but we ain't trying to have nothing else happen. So this is when they plan to, you know, shut down a party or they start thinking about it. So meanwhile, Patty and Sarah, they walk in the block and Patty is teasing Sarah about choosing a guy. And I know Keith thinks Sarah was liking it until she pointed out that like, it's kind of exhausting because TJ won't talk. He trying to blame it on her. And then Axel's like being a dick too. Well, not necessarily about what is the girl Sarah not necessarily about Sarah I thought it was funny when homegirl was talking about her dress yeah she was right before they go inside when she was telling her she was like no you gotta come you can just hang with me at Hollis I'm like girl first of all first of that she was like I got a slit to here and I missed what she said before that but she was like it's something to something and a slit up to here like girl. Okay, you know, Dan, that was risque showing them leave. Right. <laughs> so anyway, Chief Newbie going to inform Miss Mabel about canceling the dance. He's, you know, he's walking around her laundry mat. It's quiet. Shane is sad. It is. Oh, oh my God. Cause John, oh gosh. Okay. He gets a whiff of something. He's looking around. He notices some decorations are out of place. He's picking them off the wall. Somehow he passes this bright red stained dryer. I don't know how that didn't catch his eye, but he passes it. 
he opens the next one and like takes out some clothes and mid sniff the red dryer opens with miss mabel's body flying out of it and time out this is where if you watch the version that john a watched you see the body fly out and then it, and cuts, then it cuts and then it cuts to the next scene yeah it just cut okay john a i'm gonna do my best if you see the version i watch what happens is Miss Mabel's body flies out and continues to spin around the dryer. We look at her eyes. Her eyes are bright white, like faded bright white. Her body is burnt. The pillows are in there too. And then it just stops. And then we cut to his expression. Then we look back at her and then it cuts to the next scene. And when she's tumbling in the dryer, it slows down. So you really get a good look at her body and it yeah so i i kind of already had dropped my jaw when she just like tumbled out the dryer Mm -hmm. but the fact that the dryer kept going oh no like that scene is probably it's not that much longer but that dryer seems like it's spinning forever Meanwhile, back at the mine, TJ and Axel get into it again. It, this ain't really nothing. You know, just some male testosterone going around. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, that's happening. Yeah, we're back at the laundry mat, and Chief Newby orders his crew to pass off Miss Mabel's death as a heart attack. He even has them, like, load her body around the back because he doesn't want anybody to see. And before sending her off, he finds a card where her heart was and, you know, waiting until the crew clears out, he reads to the mayor, it happened once, it happened twice, cancel the dance or it'll happen thrice. And the mayor I love is like, it. I love <laughs> it. <laughs> the mayor, see, because the thing is, the way the scene is blocked, Chef, I mean, Chef, Chief Newbie <laughs> is on the left-hand side of the screen and the mayor is on to his right, but he's a little bit further back. So you really don't pay attention to him. But he grabs his heart when he says, or it'll happen thrice. And he's like, oh, my God. The mayor just had me in stitches through this. So at this point, they're just like, yeah, no. The dance is canceled. That's it. Like, they're telling the kids, like, no, like, don't be trying to come at us with that whole Miss Mabel would have wanted us to have it. We ain't having it. Meanwhile, the minor shift has ended. And Axel's trying to talk to TJ, but you know, TJ ain't trying to hear that because he got plans. And Miss Johnny, this man's plans include abducting Sarah from her job. Did you see the way he muffed her into that car? Yes, and I wrote that down. Like, I'm mad that he puts her head down like that. Like, sir. She was like, don't you see I don't want to go with you? And she just letting him, first of all, okay, wait, okay, let me hold this, all right. He abducts her from her job and takes her to this, like, little dry-ass waterfront. Like, first of all, <laughs> don't waste my time. Like, from the sound of music. Yes, don't waste my time. Like, was this atmosphere supposed to make me change my mind? too, Sarah, you have a whole well, boyfriend. I guess it was supposed to change her mind because apparently that was their spot. Sarah, ma'am. I mean, when you were in a small town, and the smallest thing impresses you. I guess so. I guess so. Whatever. Because <laughs> I'm just like, you're entertaining this. You're really entertaining this. But Well, I'm glad that she did entertain it. And, okay, you're right. Back at the cage, Axel walks up on TJ asking about Sarah. 
And Mr. Steal Your Girl, a.k.a. TJ, is like, um, it ain't my turn to watch her. And this is what I got an issue with. Why the fuck is Sarah walking home alone at night? What? So you mean to tell me both of y'all pressed over some kitty, but y'all got this girl walking alone at night? And y'all, and y'all trifling little funky little, I don't even know what to call y'all, know that Miss Mabel just got murked. Well, they don't know that. They think that she died of a heart attack. Oh, shoot, you right. God dang it. Freaking Chief Newbie. Anyway, speaking of him, he startles her on his little night patrol. And I don't, I guess she makes it home because we really don't see anything else come with that. I think that was her house. I thought so, too. I couldn't tell if that was her house or if it was just, like, the window. Something happened, and it, like, scared her, and she was just like, what's this? But the point is, she shouldn't have been by herself. <laughs> That's yeah. not that pissed me off. Y'all almost as bad as the friends and Valentine who didn't check on Lily. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back at the bar, Happy ain't going for this cover-up. The rest of them are trying to plot this last minute party and they're talking about having it down at the mine. And you know, everybody is cool with it until Howard and his friend Mike start playing and they piss happy off. Like, I can't even recall the scene, but Howard's interactions are so on point. Who, you? And then Howard <laughs> don't even say nothing. He just go me. Ignoring Happy's warning, they go green like the party. But it's okay, because Happy got something for that ass. Wanting to scare the kids, he heads up to the mine before they do to set up this little uh, door gag. Excuse me. What happens is, and first of all, you had time. He had time (laughs) to set this up. So what he did was set up a dummy warden, Harvey Warden, behind the wall so that when they open the door and the door is the type that like you have to pull it to open so it opened towards you and when you pull it the warden is standing there and then the pickaxe swings up and for some reason happy thinks that this shit is so funny yo he was cracking himself up like i'm like are you two like and that'd be me look honestly that's me though like i'd be laughing at myself like, he's really me. And that reminded me of some stuff I was in here doing earlier. Sitting here dancing and dancing in the mirror, trying on clothes and laughing at myself because <laughs> I'm silly. Like <laughs> That's different. No, that's different. He's literally amusing himself like we're playing peekaboo with a child. Like <laughs> That's different. Because, I mean, I laugh at myself, too, because oh. I think I'm funny. But, no, that's different. So he does this a smooth three times, right? And then he walks away. It, I don't know. I guess it tickled him that much that he was compelled that he had to do it a fourth time. And this time, the real one is standing there. Uppercuts him, John A. Okay. If you watch the version that John A. watched, it just shows him opening the door. And I think the warden just swings the axe and it just cuts to um, Happy falling on the ground and getting dragged away. Yeah, it doesn't show anything, really. Ooh, Johnny. Okay, buckle y'all seatbelts. What happens is, when Happy opens the door, the warden swings that knife, or the pickaxe, excuse me, swings that pickaxe 
up into the bottom of Happy's chin, up out of his left eye that pops out, but is still hanging off of his face and pulls him to the ground. And you see the whole thing. Like they show you the whole entire thing. Like they never move from Happy's face and you, and it looks good. I need to look up who did the effects and I don't know how I didn't take the time to look that up. But they did a good job. I know that they did such a good job, in fact, that they brought one of the effects, and it didn't say which one it was, but one of them made the director vomit on site. Like, when he first seen it. Yeah, and I wonder which one it was, because Ms. Mabel's looks crazy. When you see Happy, when you see what it actually looks like, like, that looks wild. Like, I, that's the best, no pun intended, but that's the best I anything I've ever seen it just looks good but the gang pulls up for the party you ever been to a party like this like like in that type of facility like it was really a random like no <laughs> I was just like oh okay is this what y'all did it's pretty much like a kickback vibe but they're really like in a and I hate to use like this in, word, in a, in a, but if, like maybe like a church hall yeah, if I say like a municipal hall or artillery hall, like picture that, like that's what it looked like. So TJ points out that the lock had been busted, which we know Happy did this trying to scare them, but they all blame Howard. And another part I like about this is um, TJ goes, Howard, but he looks straight at us in the camera when he says it. And it's kind of cool because it's like never intentional and they don't call too much attention to it. But I don't know. I like stuff like that. So Axel is drunk and possessive. I'm just like, ew. Anyway, there's a character. It's a lot of stuff happening at this party. There's a random character that serves no purpose, but what's about to happen. And his name is Dave, but I'm going to call him Babyface. And I'm calling him Babyface because they literally walk up to him, Dave, and they comment on him shaving his face. And he's like, yeah, I just want to be smooth for the ladies. A girl walks out. The, first of all, this girl walked out this kitchen with two hot dogs. Okay. And he was like, I got the munchies. He goes <laughs> back to the kitchen. It is the biggest pot of hot dogs boiling that I've ever seen. I prefer not to eat a hot dog, but I'm not going to act like, unless it's a Chicago-style hot dog, I'm eating that. But I'm not boiling a hot dog. We passed that. We too big for that. I don't even eat meat, but I'm about to ruin everybody's life. I'm just saying, (laughs) if I'm going to eat one, that's not what we're doing. I'm not a hot dog connoisseur, but I'm just saying, that's not what we're doing. At least put it on the grill. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, at least grill it. Like, we boil, like, hot dog water? Anyway, speaking of hot dog water, he's attacked from behind and drowned and scolded in the hot dog water. Yep. Have you ever smelled hot dog water? Nasty. Like, that's, During this time, Chief Newbie gets a box of chocolates, and, you know, we already think we know what's going to be in here, but... He excuses his partner, thinking the same, but it's just a regular box. And this one's actually from Mabel. So sad. So I'm going to do these two parts together because at this part, we're switching in between two scenes. So what ends up happening is a little bit later, he hears, and by he, Chief Newbie, hears dogs barking, like just 
going crazy outside. And he goes out there and there's another box and they're like eating and picking away at it. And this one's all bloodied. And his assistant runs out there. And this time, this one actually has Mabel's heart in it. And it has another note saying, you didn't stop the party. And Chief Newbie is about to blow his shit. He's like, what do you mean? I did stop the party. Which is kind of crazy when you think about it. When you think about it, this killer isn't playing fair. Because technically, they did what they were supposed to do. They didn't know that the other party was happening. I feel like you need to go hang out with Jigsaw. Because he plays by the rules. I also feel like those rabid dogs need to be put down. Yeah, probably at this point. Because it was a lot of them. It was a gang of them. Just to be strays, like, it can't. It was, like, <laughs> at least three, four of them. Anyway. Like, that was a lot of, uh, yeah, that was nasty. Them, them dogs was, oof. Back at the party, Axel was getting v aggressive like sarah's even pointing it out right so tj of course he gotta start some shit and he puts them on blast talking about sarah wants to be with me tell him i'm like this is not the place for all of this okay so axel ain't going for that he pops tj they start fighting hollis the mvp single-handedly breaks them up like i mean flings axel down across the room and axel's junk ass makes the best exit I've ever seen in my life that twirl with the beer honey that got a whole 10 for me all the way to his little cry corner not cry corner it was a cry (laughs) corner (laughs) on his little stool but anyway um while he crying Sarah over here getting saved by TJ but you know she kind of shuts him down because she just need a minute Sylvia and John, they done ducked off. And guys, you probably have no idea who that is, but it's okay. So Sylvia and John, (laughs) they done ducked off somewhere in the mine and they're making out. And I think this is like the area, like right before we got to the shower scene. So she notices that the uniforms are hanging up from, you know, above. And she's like, oh, well, how does that work? And he's like, pull it. And she pulls it and one of the outfits just, you know, come down. So, all right. Obviously, that's going to happen later. So Sylvia asked for a few beers. And she's like, you know, I'll come with you. John is like, no, you stay here. And he goes instead. That is step number one when you messed up. Why? You never leave the person by themselves. Like Not even that. You're not finna tell <sighs> me to stay here by myself. I am going. Like, I have been here. <laughs> No, absolutely not. So he goes into the kitchen and, uh, well, before he goes into the kitchen, he runs into the T, he runs into the TJ. He runs into TJ. As he goes into the kitchen, there are two girls already in there and they're adding water to, well, more water to the hot dog water. And Which is disgusting. Yeah, it's just like, I guess, I guess, I'll explain in a second. They're stirring the hot dogs around, which I don't know why. And they find this lump in there and they pull it out. We know what it is. It's Dave's heart. And it's cooked. Yeah, that's not like So, like, they don't know what it is. And John is like, well, you know, Mike and Howard might have done that. Which, you know, everybody is just blaming Mike and Howard for everything. Because through the whole movie, they have been just playing jokes left and right, left and right. 
So as John is saying this, he's opening the refrigerator. He has his back turned and doesn't see that there's a whole body in the refrigerator. With this chest. I don't understand how he ain't see that whole thing. I see stuff in my peripherals all the time. You mean tell me you ain't see that dead body in the fridge? Like I I can understand like if it's something that's usually there and it just probably looks a little different, so you just probably don't pay attention to it, but that's a whole body. So I can't and now I do know, yeah, 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 his back was turned, but it's still like at some point I feel like you gotta turn around. Sylvia is still waiting, hears water starting, thinking it's John trying to scare her. She's actually getting scared. And it gets even heightened when all those uniforms at top that I mentioned earlier starts dropping down sporadically. So she like, first of all, this would be a really, really fun Halloween attraction or something. You know what I'm saying? Like Honey House? Girl. Y'all will fuck somebody up. Like, I can see... <laughs> It's actually a lot of cool haunted house moments or like things that made me think of haunted houses, but I'll bring them up later. Um, Happy's body actually drops. He's one of the last things to drop before Sylvia backs into the warden's arms. And remember earlier, guys, when I mentioned how John picked up Sylvia by the head when he first saw her, when we first met them together at the little hall thing? Is it almost like a, and I don't know why I have to say spoiler alert for a screen, but I wonder, is it almost like that where she thinks that her boyfriend killed her? No. Because in the screen movie, a lot of people died thinking that their boyfriends probably killed them. Like, especially Maureen in the beginning, um, Jada Pinkett and Omar Epps, she definitely thought that Omar Epps killed her. Yeah, she did. Exactly. So I wonder, like, did she think, like, of him? Because he was, he would always pick her up by her head like that. So what happens is, and I'm pretty sure um, John Day and I talked about this, or I, we might have talked about this earlier. We've been talking for a minute. But in her version, he picks her so, up. Okay. Go ahead, go ahead. So in my version, he picks her up while she's screaming, takes her into the shower, and then... It kind of like, so you see like the hook or mm-hmm. like the little spike? The water spike. So it's a shower, but it's no shower head. So it's just a right. spike. And then it cuts to him coming back in saying, babe, I got the beer. Oh, what? Yeah, what? like oh, you don't see goodness. nothing at all. So what happens in my version is he picks her up just like Johnny said. She's freaking out. And it's almost like, Nay, you've seen Texas Chainsaw Massacre? The original one? No, I think I saw the remake. Okay, I don't, I can't recall if they do this in the remake or not. But in the very beginning, when Leatherface catches the girl and puts her on the meat hook. Is this kind of like a... What is it? Saturday Night, Daily Night, where you put them on the... the yes, 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 yes. It's just like that. It's just like that. Except um, we don't see it. We see it from the back. We don't see it come out. But we do see her hanging there. And then um, he comes out, John comes out, and he hears her, and he's thinking, like, you know, he about to get some action up in the shower. He goes in the shower and they show from her nose down. So they show just all the water shooting from her nose and her mouth and her body's just hanging there. And he's like standing there like freaking out. On my version, 
when she um well when he comes into the shower you only see like the side of her face Mm -hmm. but it's kind of blurred a little bit yeah and you can vaguely see the water coming out of her mouth and he's just standing there looking crazy so then I was that's why I was so confused because I was like wait he turned her into a freaking shower head the head and even um even that part when they show her from that side profile you're talking about that part is so much longer because he literally stands there for a while looking at her like He's in like yeah. shook shock. I said, "Oh wow!" Yeah, I know. Okay, so that like, person said, like, "Okay." Yeah, the fact that he was like paralyzed with fear, not even like knowing what to do, just okay. standing there. I was wondering. That was insane. One thing, um, and if anybody who's seen the version that I watched, the cuts drastically change. Like they're not the same. Like if you watch this movie in HD, those cutout scenes are gonna look like 1981 so you kind of like when we watch silent De- silent night deadly night it's just like that you can tell which ones were the uh unrated scenes it's literally just like that so when that scene happened the only reason i brought it up was because it was still like that so i just wasn't sure but thanks for telling me that that part is the same so yeah, chief Chief Newbie gets a call from headquarters from Miss Raleigh. And obviously, guys, this is 1981. So he can't just call her. He has to go all the way back to the office to talk to her. And he had just got to the mine. So Howard and Patty, meanwhile, they suggest going down to the mine. And here we go. Once again, more people. Howard, Sarah, Patty and Hollis and then Mike and Harriet. Harriet is the virgin waitress from the cage. And I say this for a reason. I'm not shaming her at all, but I'm just very curious because I believe that Mike was the one that started that shit about that song. And I'm just like, ew, really, sis? You could do better. But anyway, they go down the dusty Disney world When they get down there, they point out an abandoned passage. And of course, they want to go explore it. But I have to say, like, I really like that they use a real mine because it looks super good. But I mean, obviously, what I have to is real. But um, that adds a lot to it. But taking a drunken ride into a mine at night is some small town shit. Like, I told you they wanted to go to Dusty Disney World. Like, what the heck? (laughs) So while they down there, Mike and Harriet, they said that, you know, we're going to meet y'all at the main shaft later. They got other shafts to worry about. So they head off to the (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, they got other things to do. Um, Finally, somebody discovered, I have no idea who this chick's name was, but she had nice hair. She discovers Dave's body. And just as that happened, John's come, John's, John comes back screaming about Sylvia. And just like that, the party is chaos. And the reactions, and this is something we normally don't get in movies anymore. They're actually reacting to their friends being dead. It's not just like, oh, Ronnie died. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like normally when people die in movies, we don't ever really get to like, see those real reactions or even just take a second to just be like whoa what okay now one of these characters got real out of hand and i'm gonna point her ass out later but 
this scene, as far as this goes, it was really nice. So Axel orders everyone to leave. TJ also sends someone to go get Chief Newbie for help. TJ and Axel team up because, you know, they got to go say they ho. And, you know. Listen, they're acting right here. It just seems so weird. Their interaction was so forced. <laughs> I mean, I, when you think about it, they did have to, I guess, act like they liked each other for Sarah. I don't know. Oh my gosh, it was it was ooh cringy. Yeah. So Hollis, Howard, Sarah, and Patty all somehow get separated at some point. So Hollis, Sarah, and Patty are walking along, and Howard drops down from the ceiling and jump scares them. And he almost got his little ass cut up because the warden was up there. Almost don't know how that happened, nor what I know, but he was up there. So anyway, Patty is annoying. Yeah. If Patty asks about Harriet and Mike one more time, she only asks twice, but sis, I don't need you to keep asking. We told y'all that they was occupied. That's all you needed to know, ma'am. Anyway, they hear like smashing in the distance. And I think, I don't know if it was Hollis or Howard. One of them was like, well, maybe it was the rats. First of all, rats ain't making a noise. Hollis talking about maybe it's the rats. And okay, Howard, like, like, that ain't rats. No, it's not, Okay. <laughs> So Chief Newbie is finally informed of what's happened. He instructs those kids to go home and he calls back up to get, you know, up to the mine. Running into TJ, he warns the crew, which, you know, is Hollis, Sarah, Patty, and Howard, that they all got to go. Like, you know, shit's hitting the fan. We got to get out. They split up again, leaving Howard to watch the girls to get them out. But of course, you remember, Howard is an apprentice. He don't know his way around his damn tunnel, which I'm trying to figure out how you hiding and scaring people and you don't know your way around this tunnel. Anyway. But wait, going back to Chief Newbie, mm -hmm. did you see the snot coming out of John Nose? No. It was a snot rocket. Girl. It was active. I'm telling you, because even when um when we go back to the party scene and they came in and was screaming about everything, he's like cuddled in someone's chest. And I think it's another guy, but he's like I don't yeah, know it, place he when, went to for this role, but I really thought someone passed, like for real. Yo, so when they're outside and then they're like, Yeah, they're at the mines and they're stuck down in there, da 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 and the killer's there too. If you look at John's face, mm -hmm. he had snot coming out of his nose. Oh, I want to go back and look now. I mean, not right now, but... <laughs> that I'm baby was traumatized, for real. He gets the actor award for the show. He gets the award. Small role, big actor. <laughs> if you guys... Um, if this is your first show listening to us, sometimes when we go through movies, there's always... Or not always. Sometimes there's a person that has a very, very minor role but they they carry the movie on their back like examples would be taylor from the invisible man or whoever that little chick was from dark and wicked nobody knows her name she was somebody granddaughter anyway um <laughs> hollis looking for mike and harriet finds them bound together by this huge ass drill and the only thing that's um added to this part is they show you like Harriet's face and it's like all bloody. That's it. It's really. Nothing. I mean, yeah, you saw her face. Yeah, it was. It was really nothing. Um, and then I think. Uh, I can say it like this. So 
quite and Hollis was smart so instead of screaming he kind of like muffles his scream and just like looks around he's backing away and the freaking warden takes a nail gun and shoots him twice like one in the left temple and then one in the middle of the head and (sighs) Hollis makes it far enough to get in front of Howard Sarah and Patty and dies there and this is where Patty just Oh my God. I wanted to, girl, girl, okay. Y'all ever been to a haunted house and had a friend that was just overly dramatic? This is Patty. And it's multiple instances, but it starts here. It already started with that Mike and Harry. So that's number one. Number two, so uh, Hollis. Hollis passed, right? And obviously, Patty and Hollis were a thing. And rightfully so, yes. I will be upset. But sis, Hollis big as hell. Do you think we about to pick him up and carry his dead body through this mine? <laughs> she really He really got on my nerves because you sitting there trying to like stay with him. Oh, I don't want to leave him. Oh my God. Girl, you're not worried about dying? Like, yes, there's a, I can see like if I don't know, something fell on him. And this was like, you know, we still ain't know it was a murderer here. And it just looked like something fell on him and it just knocked him out and he bled out. Okay, yeah. Girl, no. Like, it's a whole murderer down here. He is gone. And then when Sarah tries to get her, uh, his flashlight, she's like, don't touch him. She's like, I need it. (laughs) Like. I'm like, girl, okay, so. And Howard was like, fuck y'all, I'm out. (laughs) Exactly. Whole time Howard, he's down where he's halfway down the tunnel and while he's doing that the warden is on the opposite side and he's heading towards them so he dips off into this little side room the warden while sarah has to still freaking deal with patty and i was so happy when she slapped her because that was a good slap i'm like slap her again because she probably need a good tumo like i know like people be you know that whole stop treating women like they're hysterical and all that but she really was like this was not the time and she still continued to do the most even after that so anyway they are found by they sarah and patty are found by axel then they head off to the cage by cage i mean not the bar the elevator that they came in what happens is say um say the letter y is in front of you okay and Axel, Sarah, and Patty are coming down your left hand, and they hear footsteps coming from the other side, and they don't know who it is, but we can see who it is, and it looks like it could be somebody, we don't know, it ends up being TJ, but um, Axel knocks the fuck out of him with a pipe. Yeah. I'm like, first of all, Al, (laughs) first of all, TJ was like, why the fuck would you do that? (laughs) The way that they cuss in this movie or like just some of the acting and especially because like a lot of them, TJ, that actor, I know he's from England. So he was really trying to cover an accent. And sometimes you can hear it like when he was yeah. um, Sarah, he's like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. One of the, one of them, I forgot what part it was, but I thought he was Irish because I was like, what in the world? Yeah, <laughs> I think that's the part like when he was apologizing and he was saying sorry. No, it was, I think it was later on. Yeah, so, um, 
The four continued towards the little carrier cage while Chief Newbie and the help is finally arriving. Or actually, I don't even think they've gotten there at that. Oh, no, they've gotten there because that's where they find out that, you know, the mines have been fucked up. So they got to go in this alternate way. So they also, by they, back to our crew, they find out the control panel has been smashed. So they can't even use the little climber cage to get back up to the top. So thinking fast, Axel leads them to climbing this ladder. And this is where Patty continues to freak the fuck out. But I'll tell, okay, because I okay, have a so story. Before they, before they even climb up the ladder, she was getting on my nerves all down the tunnel. I can't go any farther. And it that's what, just, and even then, like, it's once again, you take that one friend to that haunted house that just want to hang on you and want to just, I'm like, girl, listen, first of all, this shit fake, okay? Well, I mean, okay, I know in this movie this is real, but this shit fake. Like, get it together. And then, first of all, Patty, big as hell. Not big, but she's super tall. Like, I'm not even covering you, ma'am. Like, Sarah was not doing Patty any favors, <laughs> okay? If we got swung at, you were probably going to get first, I mean first, get hit first anyway. So they're climbing up this ladder, right? And the higher they go up the ladder, okay, how the order is, is Axel, Patty, Sarah, and TJ is at the bottom. So Axel's climbing up, and apparently Axel, obviously, because this is his job, he's climbing fast. Patty's freaking the fuck out. So she's already scared, but she's getting even more scared as she's getting higher and higher. Yeah, and she nerves. is freaking out now. Time out. Because she was getting on my nerves. But then I thought about it. A few years ago, when I was living in Indiana, I used to be on this promo squad. And um, part of my job, it was for the Pacers. And part of my job was at a certain point in the game, we would go all the way to the top of the stadium, like in the rafters, like the sky rafters with this bag of like parachutes and literally hold the parachutes over the ledge and drop them. We're so high up in the air. You know how like you're so high up, there's like random gusts of wind. <laughs> so I'm so high up. I'm looking down and the basketball players look like ants. I'm not even kidding you. So it's kind of like I felt her. But at the same time, if my life was in danger, forget all that. I'm running. Like, it is scary being up there. Now, there's rails and stuff, but it's still just like the fact that you up there and it just feel like one wrong step can send you the wrong way. I totally understand her freak out. But she needed to chill. So she freaks out so much that Sarah has to, like, if you've ever helped a kid climb a ladder and you, like, spot them from behind while they're in front of you. Once again, Sarah, I'm not Sarah, Patty's too big for this. But anyway, just as they get Patty to calm down, Howard's body comes flying down, hanging from a noose. And I guess the force from him falling down snaps his neck and we get a nice little beheading. And... His body just falls down. See, I didn't even see the head pop off. All I see was the body fall, and then their faces get splattered with blood, and then the yeah. body. So you see his body, and soon as it, like, jerks, like, when it dangles, you know, like, 
if you ever had your phone connected to the charger and you drop the phone and it, as soon as it hit that dangle, it just snap off the charger and drop, that's literally what his body yep. did. And the head popped off with it, like you said, squirted on the girls and it was a nice, good shot. And then it just fell to the floor. So that's when they scrambled down the ladder, you know, don't look at the body, keep going. And they at this point, they're thinking that they can beat the warden to the rail cars and Axel's like, you know, I know a way we can go. So telling TJ to take the girls around to the front, he was like, you know, it's a lot of water. Let me go last. He was like, you know, let me shoot. I was about to repeat myself. <laughs> so TJ takes the girls and Axel's like, it's a lot of water right here. So you take them. Let me know when y'all get to the other side. I'll be over there. So once they get to the other side, TJ just does just that excuse me and all we hear is like a thud and then we just hear a splash and we like okay well what the fuck was that so we go back the fence that they just crossed is cracked so it's supposed to make us think that axel or somebody fell through this gate and sarah gonna ask well, can you do something? Bitch, what am I supposed to do? It's 60 feet deep. You see, this is a current. What am I supposed to do? Stick my finger in there and see if you're going to grab it? Like, these girls got some audacity asking these crazy questions. Just anyway, TJ separates from the girls again, and they get scared hearing all of this noise from the direction that TJ went. So anyway, they're making their way on, and Sarah damn near low-key pushed Patty into Harry's pickaxe. You low-key can't convince me otherwise. She damn near pushed her into it. So what's happening is, what's happening is, excuse me, they're walking. Patty is still freaking out, right? So Patty wants to be on the inside, like closer to the wall. The warden is hiding behind one of the quarters. So once Patty gets to a certain place, all he has to do is come around the corner swinging, kind of like Dick Halloran from The Shining. I'm so sorry. It's Black History Month. I shouldn't have brought that up. But it's almost like that scene when Jack came around the corner with that axe and swung on him. So Patty is dead, and Sarah takes no time to leave her. Yeah, because she did. Every man at this point. And she was like, she was already dead on her feet, so might as well just bounce. The help finally gets to the bottom of the little thing or whatever, and they're heading towards them. So now Sarah trying to take a moment. TJ startles her a little bit, and he's bleeding. So I'm like, okay, well, what are you bleeding for? And he's like, you know, I just got hit. So that's obviously that noise that we heard a little bit earlier, but still a little suspicious so then the two are cornered by the warden seconds before they get the rail carts to start and this next scene this got on my nerves because she ain't say nothing well see no i didn't want her to i thought that was good because i hate when girls freak out hurry up he's coming hurry up bitch i know he's coming i'm trying i actually like that she didn't say anything i was cool with that like I think he knew that. I think they both seen him. So it was no point in her freaking out. Like, I need a person like that around me. Because if you freak out, I'm going to freak out. Like, I was cool with that. Um, I was going to say this part, 
in theory, a rail cart fight sounds cool. It was boring. Yes, because it was only like, first of all, and I'm I'm not being precise. It was about what, Johnny, like five, six carts. Yeah, they got to the front real quick. Like by the time they got to the front, I was like, okay, well now y'all got to fight. I do like that they jump off of the rail cart and specifically when Sarah jumps off because she smacks up against the wall, which is kind of real because obviously we know this is a real set piece. So I didn't know, I don't know if they could really stop the cart. Like they might've really had to jump off of it like that. Like, I don't know. It's taped really well. The fight itself is actually cool when you think about it because you got a pickaxe and a shovel. It seems pretty uneven. Unless whoever got the shovel just really know how to swing that bitch. But it seems pretty cool. They get down. They are, they're actually going backwards from where they were trying to go. So they're going back deeper into the mine. Um, Sarah's further in the back. TJ and then the warden. And we see this door. It says, like, do not enter. Or it's a dangerous room. We ain't supposed to be up in there. Whatever it says. TJ has Sarah go in there, they back in there, and this is where they have their final battle. And during this part, I actually like this one better than the train fight, because they're actually knocking shit over. And like, this is stuff that we know is not supposed to get knocked over. Sarah even tried to help, says she had to pick up a boulder and knock him out, but it didn't work. So somehow TJ gets on the ground. And the warden about the, first of all, this was the slowest stay up I didn't ever seen in my life. (laughs) about to stab him sarah pulls his mask to repeat sarah pulls his mask to reveal that it's actually axel and tj of course because you got to tj's like why (laughs) and we get a flashback so remember that superior it was two of them one of them that we actually saw get bodied was Axel's dad. And the messed up thing about it was Axel was sitting right there the whole time. Like, got blood splattered on him and all. So the room that they're in, we come back from our flashback, and the room that they're in starts to cave, and TJ and Sarah barely get out of there. So the help finally gets to where they're at. And, you know, TJ's like, he's back there. They're trying to go ahead and get Axel out. So Chief Newbie tells us that, you know, yeah, I knew that that wasn't him. Harry Warden died five years ago. And in case you didn't catch it the first time, when they tell them that Axel did it, the mayor tells us it's been 20 years since his dad died in that accident. Well, no shit. We know that. (laughs) Yeah. So on this day, on, like, I just, like, I feel like this movie was like, okay, you know what, just in case we got some people that probably just didn't, you know catch that flashback we just threw at you let's just have somebody say it you know so um there tj and sarah are walking out of the mine until one of the people trying to get axel out comes across his head right and sarah dumbass i had to see him for what he tried to kill you actually no he didn't but he might have ended up killing you you think you Adam and Kate, huh? <laughs> so somehow Sarah manages to get past all of these workers all the way to the front, reaches out for Axel's hand. Soon as she reaches for it, 
he grabs her hand and it can, this part kind of made me think of Carrie too um if you've seen the very end part he grabs her hand but while he's grabbing her hand he's actually cutting it off on the other side and what happens is when she pulls it some of the stubble or rubble whatever you want to call it some of the rubble comes down with it and we can actually so he it didn't show that he was cutting off his arm it didn't dang okay so what so when, I was confused as to why his hand was there. Then all of a sudden you see his body on the other side. When she, when he grabbed her, did it, it showed you that, right? Yeah. It cuts to the other side and he literally has like, I don't think it's the pickaxe. It's literally like a knife, like a switchblade. And he's just going at his forearm. Like we see him going at it and then it finally comes apart. And so that's when she pulls it from the other side and like flinches or whatever. So that's when the rubble falls down and we see him on the other side and he's like grabbing it and this part sticks with you like this part will make you have to go watch cartoons at night because he loses his shit chopped off his arm okay first of all y'all need to be scared because first of all where was he even running there's no escape so where are you going and my and that my friends is the end of this ride it was some crazy shit. My thoughts, as I said earlier, I saw the remake before I saw this one, and I'm not going to spoil it, but now that we're at the end of the movie, if you are like me and you saw the remake first, this movie totally is something else from the remake. And it's not a bad thing at all. I'm not going to go into detail because I want John Nate to um, experience the remake for herself. But um, this movie, like I said earlier, I feel so bad, and John A. included, I feel so bad for the people that watched this movie and didn't see the unrated version, because I can understand why people wouldn't like this movie if you saw, I'm going to call it the Jive version. If you saw the Jive version, I could totally understand, because it's like outside of the story, it's really nothing else, like that's it like you know what i'm saying what yeah. you think it wasn't scary it was hilarious to me yeah like, of the dialogue was funny um some of their acting was hilarious so it just wasn't scary to me and when i first watched it because i don't really um do any research or googling or anything before i watch a movie especially if i haven't seen it right um, and so i didn't know until after I finished it that there was another version. Mm -hmm. I'm really glad I realized. Because the only reason I knew something was off was because, I don't care, I put myself out there. I watch, like, YouTube countdown videos. I'm, I'm like, obsessed with them, so send those my way. But I'm always watching horror ones specifically. And I can't remember, but this was on a countdown, and they showed that laundry scene. I was like, when I seen it, I was like, wait, no, this is not how I seen it. And that's how I knew like something wasn't right. So that's when I went and looked. Cause like I said, I was watching it on Prime first. And I was like, okay. Cause you know, sometimes Prime will show you the unrated version, but it'll like, I guess say it on the, what's the thing called? The preview or whatever it's called. But um, it's okay. I'm not crazy about it. It's cool. It's fine. Want to go to the souvenir shop? Yes. All right, then let's go. It seems you survived. 
Well, before you go, join us in the souvenir shop. So, um, for the souvenir shop, I'm not going to go over all the covers of this movie because there are tons, there are thousands. I'm just going to go over one, and this will probably be for, like, obviously the rest of the show because there are always gorgeous cover art selections, and sometimes we want to talk about them all, but, you know, we have Instagram for that, so we can just show you on there. But the one that... um I like the most is actually the cover art that I would always see. And it's just the warden's face, or I guess Axel's face. And something about it, like it looks like he's crying, but one of the tears is like a stream of blood that's going down the mask. And his light from the top of his helmet has like, I don't want to say a snowball, but that's what it looks like. It looks like a globe, but it's like a picture of the Valentine's Day dance in it. And it just has my bloody Valentine at the bottom. Um, a lot of other ones that I like, they kind of play around with the tagline, talking about take your pick. That's the funniest one I heard. That one made me laugh. Um, another thing, obviously, because it's Valentine's Day and we have like only a handful of Valentine's Day movies. And once again, this is not sponsored, but if Fright Rags want to sponsor us, go ahead, throw that sponsorship. Fright Rags actually has a new collection of the uh, Harry Warden merch on their site. And it's actually pretty cute. Like, um, they have the ringer tees, they have hoodies, they have little candy hearts that we both said we don't want. I think they have the pens too, but the pen looks like the box of chocolate with the actual heart in it. And I'm kind of digging that. But other than that, it's really um, it's really it for this souvenir shop. You know, the guy who plays Axel, Neil, yep. he actually has the mask still. What? Yeah, I know, right? That's weird. I think that's kind of cool because, like, I guess you, when you're in movies and stuff like that, I guess you never really realize, like, what impact stuff will have or, like, how stuff will, like, carry on later or whatever. Like, um, think about, like, A Nightmare on Elm Street. I don't think they have, I don't know for sure, but I want to say, like, they don't have the first set of gloves that were made i don't think they have those or like even on halloween the first mask and that's why his mask looks so janky throughout the whole series i was watching halloween five and six today because it was on pluto tv and this was the first time i actually because normally i don't harp on stuff like that so i'm just like you know it is what it is but this time when i watched it i said oh yeah that mask was bad whichever halloween has paul rudd in it i'm like that mask <laughs> is a hot one like Anyway, <laughs> um, the budget for this movie was about um, 23 mil. 2.3. Yeah, 2.3 mil. And then it grossed about 5.6 domestic. And then it's worldwide was pretty much the same. Um, I feel like had the MPAA not cut the movie down like that, it would have done a lot better. But now I'm trying to think. Silent Night, Daily Night came out in 84. So obviously, this was before y'all went nuts over Santa. Well, there's two reasons that are frequently attributed to the extreme cutting of the film. 
Yeah. And, and so one of them was because of the backlash that Paramount got for uh, Friday the 13th the previous year. Yeah. And then the second reason was because John Lennon was murdered. Oh, yeah, I did hear that. Ah, I did hear about John Lennon being murdered, and that just had a lot to do with just violence in the media as a whole. Yeah, so there was a major backlash against movie violence in the wake of his death. Mm, It's so crazy how, like, real life affects the movies, because we even talked about this, and we'll talk about this um, when we get like to 2000s movies any movies that had a plane in it like had to go a lot of our favorite teen slashers they had to get edited because columbine yep Uh, it's always so sad and i hate i definitely hate when people try to come at it like well it's because of these horror movies and especially in we'll probably video games We'll talk about this more when we get to it. Chucky even had that happen to his franchise. I want to say around the third installment. Like, it's just crazy. But anyway, um, I think that's it for this ride, folks. Next week. Wait, we didn't give our ratings. Oh, shit. I always do that. I always do that. Okay, hold on. Yeah, because I'm looking. I'm like, huh? Okay. And I'm looking smack at the ratings too that's the thing well anyway um my bloody valentine got a 6.3 out of 10 on imdb a 54 percent on rotten tomatoes and a 46 percent on metacritic so miss johnny what do you rank my bloody valentine i gave it a 79 a 79 i think that's cool what's up tell me what's up and I, and that's just based off of not even seeing the whole thing. Yeah. I liked it. It was funny. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why horror movies gotta have be so kind of funny to me. Cause I, I don't know if there's something wrong with me. That sometimes tragedy is funny. Um, <laughs> I mean to be honest, cause I mean people sometimes when people don't get it, I guess is the best way I could say. They just don't, because they'll say, you like horror movies because of this, 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 this. And I'm like, no, actually, sometimes it's funny. Sometimes it's just relaxing to watch in a weird type of way. And I mean, I like it. And sometimes horror is funny, like unintentional or intentional. So it's valid. Yeah, it was funny to me. I was laughing. I enjoyed it. Now, granted, some of their acting was a little off, but I'm like, eh, it's the 80s. Yeah. And then after I realized that it was a Canadian film, I was like, oh, okay, it makes sense. Yeah, it, exactly. Same for me. Um, I kind of have the same sentiments. Uh, this movie definitely would have got lower if I had just watched the dry version. Watching the unrated version, my score is literally just 1% above yours. I'm giving it an 80. I do think... Um, I think what would have made it better for me is if we had less characters. Like, I know they was trying to, like, up the body count, but you still could have killed a lot of people without, like, having to introduce so many people. And I would have liked for um, TJ and Axel to have, like, higher stakes. Like, something about that whole triangle, I would have liked if it was just, like, 
more drama. I don't know. Like, I feel they did a good job of making me trying to think, like, is it? Because I only only ever thought it was either TJ Axel or Howard. And only Howard because he was being such a clown. But then, obviously, I was like, well, eliminate him. Yeah, I never thought it was Howard. I thought it was TJ or Axel the entire time. Yeah, because I'm like, you know, obviously, TJ is the mayor's son. So he would know the mines. And Axel's been there all his life because his dad worked there. So, well, we didn't know that yet, but Axel's been there forever. So obviously he would know the mines too. And especially at the end when they keep splitting up from each other and then they popping up at random times. Yeah, but also when, TJ worked- uh, You said what? TJ worked in the mines too. Yeah, no, that's what I was saying. I mean, like, that's his dad. So regardless if he worked there or didn't, like, he was going to know the mines regardless. And because that's his dad, I would have reason to believe that he probably knows some shit we don't know about. Like, he probably knows some secret passageways or something. But You're referring um, to actually TJ. No, I'm talking about TJ. TJ is the mayor's son. Right, but you said oh yeah that's what i'm saying if if i'm somebody's kid and they own something i'm I'm knowing some secret stuff that's what i'm talking about i'm saying about axel too because axel's dad worked there too and he grew up in the mines yeah but see i'm saying we don't know we at the time we didn't know that axel's dad was even that's true yeah so that's why i had to recant that statement and only speak on tj because i knew about him but um, the only thing that led me to think it was Axel was when he died off screen. Because I was like, okay, well, obviously he's too important to have an on off screen death. So something got to be up. TJ was still, T, I think it worked not telling them who the killer was. Because everybody was acting like a suspect. As Randy would say, everybody's a suspect. But... Oh, that was good, but I mean, I'm still giving it an 80. Like, I I feel I would have wanted more from the triangle, and I would have wanted less people to learn, because learning these names, child, was hard. Like, I still feel like everybody still could have got killed just the same, and it just could have been girl at party, boy at party. I mean, you could have gave them names if you wanted, but whatever. <laughs> I think that's it for us in the park, Nate. What you think? I think that's it. Okay, guys. Um, next week, when you link up with us, we'll be talking about Honeymoon. And, Johnny, this is the two. I've made the list for this already, but for some reason, I feel like there's another movie named Honeymoon that came out not in 2014, but we're watching the 2014 one, right? Yeah, I don't think there's more than one movie called Honeymoon. I don't think it, I don't think it is either, but for some reason, I went on a tangent before I made the graphic that I posted on our new IG page, D180 Podcast, um, and I was searching the internet like for a movie. I'm like, is this a remake? Is this original idea? And then after an hour, I realized that it was none of the sort. It wasn't an hour. It was like 15 minutes. But still, I was just like, for some reason, I'm excited. I've never seen this. It is on Pluto TV, so I have seen a clip. And, but I realized that we were supposed to be watching this for the podcast. And I was like, well, I'm going to wait because I don't want to watch it now. So I'm just <laughs> see what it's about. But we'll be seeing you guys on the next ride. See ya. Bye, y'all. Mm-hmm.